0: I've got the victory living inside of me. I got the greater one. I can't overcome. This ain't no time to turn back. No place to grow slack. I gotta keep resting on till every battle is won. Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School's the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. That sure beats being overcome, being an overcomer, being a victor, not a victim, being a winner, not a defeated one. And you can be. Uh, That doesn't mean you never have to deal with anything, but you have to take the stance that, um, you know, this is not over till I see victory. And you just keep looking to God. You keep believing Him for the answers and for the next steps and for the next part. And if you won't quit, through faith and perseverance, you will inherit the promises. You will experience God's goodness in this life. The the psalmist said, uh, I'd have fainted unless I'd have believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That's not when you get to heaven, that's here and now, in the land of the living. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everybody said out loud, I'm believing to see. see. I am expecting to experience experience. the the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. All right. Hallelujah. Good, good. Get your Bible. Get something to make a note with. Come on into the classroom with us. And let's agree together for answers today. Father, all of us, all of us agree together touching this, asking for the anointing, asking for the utterance, the revelation, the direction, the guidance, what you know, exactly what you know we need right now. We ask for it by faith knowing it's your will to give it to us. And so we lay hold of it. We thank you for it. Open our eyes and our ears and our hearts. And if you've shown us things already and we let them slip, uh, please show us again. And we purpose to lay hold of it and show us how to put it into practice and do it because that's when we see results. Thank you, Lord, for watching over your word and performing it in our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Look, please, in our great textbook, the Bible, in the book of Hebrews, the third chapter, we've been on a series now for a few weeks that we're calling Over, Overcoming Unbelief. Prior to that, we talked about the faith that overcomes. And so what we're doing is we're beginning an overcoming series. And our first part of this is Overcoming Unbelief. And so uh, if you weren't with us for some of those previous ones, take advantage of the website. Go to faithschool.org and you can find all the previous ones, hundreds of them. And you can watch them all at your, on your schedule, no charge, no cost at all. So uh, you can just catch up with us on this one or you can go back to the previous ones. And the great thing about, uh, about this kind of thing well, you know, we start off the class by saying uh, my spirit is getting fed and my faith is growing stronger. Uh, that's what is happening. If you, will, if you won't resist it, if you'll receive it, that's what will happen. And uh, it's kind of like, have you ever taken a, a glass that had maybe some milk or some juice in it and it had a little bit left you know, or half left in the bottom? You sit it down in the sink and you turn the faucet on and water starts coming into the, the glass. Well, when it comes into the glass, if you just leave, leave it and let it flow, well, initially there's a mixture of milk and, uh, and water. But then as it flows, what happens? There's less and less juice and more and more water until it's just, all the juice is gone and all it is is water and it's overflowing. Well, the Word of God, the anointed Word of God, it has that effect on your spirit, that as you listen to it and you let it come into you, well, it starts displacing fear and unbelief and confusion. When it first starts coming in, well, then you still got some mixture there. But if you'll just keep letting it come in, just keep letting it come in. Faith comes by hearing. Hallelujah. And here, you just keep letting it come. After a while, it'll push all the fear out and all the unbelief and all the, the grief and, and all the confusion and all that junk until there's nothing left but, but peace and joy. Hallelujah. And faith and a confident expectation of seeing God's will and word brought to pass in your life. Hallelujah. And all for no charge. (laughs) What a deal. Somebody say, what a deal, what a deal. And and when I say that is God paid the price. Jesus paid the price. Um, Look with me in Hebrews, the third chapter and verse 18. It says, to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believed not. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. The first generation of Israelites that God delivered out of Egyptian bondage through amazing miracles, 10 major signs and wonders it took to get them out. And his plan was for them to go a relatively short track over to what he described as the land that flowed with milk and honey, the good land, where they would have enjoyed a good life of plenty and abundance. And they never enjoyed that. That first generation never lived there, never enjoyed it, even though it was God's will and plan for them all along. And they thought it was the walls and the giants that kept them out. But according to the Bible, what kept them out of the promised land? Because of unbelief. Chapter 4 and verse 1 says, Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. So he's saying that this applies to us, and that we need to be on our guard that the same thing that happened to them doesn't happen to us. Go to 1 Corinthians 10, please, because it's talking about the very same thing. 1 Corinthians 10 And verse 1, he said, Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant how all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized to Moses in the cloud and the sea did all eat the same spiritual food. They all drank the same spiritual drink, drink for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them and that rock was Christ. But with many of them, God was not well pleased for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now, we know why they didn't go in from Hebrews, because of their unbelief. These things were our examples. Verse 11 says, Now all these things happened unto them. For examples, they're written for our admonition, upon whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore, let him that thinks he stands take heed, lest he fall. We read this yesterday. It'll bear repetition in in the Living Bible uh, translation of that. Verse 11 says all these things happened to them as examples as object lessons to us to warn us against doing the same things they were written down so that we could read about them and learn from them Verse 12 says so be careful if you're thinking oh I would never do behave like that let this be a warning to you so these things are warnings cautionary examples. There's examples in the Bible of what to do. Everything Jesus said and did is what to do in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But then also there are numerous examples of what not to do. And so we're going to take these one by one in Numbers 14 when they got to the place where their unbelief actually shut the door on them, kept them out of the Promised Land. By that time they had already failed ten major tests of their faith. And, um, and, and the Lord knew they're not going to change. And so He told them, well just turn around, go back into the desert. And that's where they wandered around out there and died. That whole first generation, except for them. <laughs> Joshua <laughs> and Caleb. Hallelujah! who did not uh, let that unbelief contaminate them. And that is really saying something when you are around a bunch that all they do is talk fear and unbelief nonstop all the time and you maintain your faith in the midst of them, that's some accomplishment. But you can. It ain't fun. It ain't easy. But you can. And And if you want a different result, then they're getting, you have to. And so Joshua and Caleb did. They actually went into the promised land. And man, the, the, the story of how that ended up for Caleb, you know, Joshua too, but Joshua was the leader. But how Caleb wound up with the very mountain that had the giants that everybody was so afraid of, and he took it and owned it. He and his family and his kids lived in it and enjoyed it. And all the other people that said they never could do it were all dead. <laughs> Gone. <laughs> so things will happen for you that doesn't happen for millions of people if you'll believe God instead of be contaminated by this evil thing called unbelief. <laughs> so let's go back and look at the first when We began uh, last week looking at this first uh, incident, which was in Exodus. Look there, please. Exodus and um, the 12th chapter was the uh, where the Lord instituted the Passover. And that was the night and morning that they actually came out the morning after the Passover there that they actually left Egypt. And it, it took that last judgment for that to even happen. And so the Bible says in the, uh, the 13th chapter, it said verse uh, 20, 13, 20, So they took their journey from Succoth and encamped in Etham in the edge of the wilderness. The Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them by the way and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light to go by day and night. He took not away the pillar of the cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. So they had in front of them, all day and all night, the manifested uh, presence and power and glory of God. And this was was unmistakable. I mean, everybody that came by could see it. This wasn't a spiritual vision. This was the, in in the daytime, there was this pillar uh, of cloud, glory cloud that ascended, I don't know how high, because you'd had to have been able to see it. There were two million people there that had to have been able to see it well from every direction and distance. So miles away, you could see this column of glory cloud. At night, you could see the fire burning in it. Hallelujah. That actually gave them light. They could travel at night in the dark because this thing lit up the way. <laughs> <laughs> the glory of God. <laughs> and you would think with these kind of things going on and all the signs and wonders you just saw in Egypt, that you would have a group beginning to be- trust God. Right? Beginning to believe that God could do anything. That if He said it, He could He could make it happen. But that just wasn't the case. Uh Proving, revealing, that seeing miracles doesn't give you faith. That seeing even spectacular things doesn't make you have a faithful, believing heart. And that you can doubt no matter what. Uh, the, The Bible talks, when it talks about unbelief, it really talks about more than one kind. And if you look up the different words, uh, one of the words in the New Testament basically means faith, talking about unbelief, means faithlessness, no faith. And that can be simply because of ignorance, because you don't know. You never heard, you don't know, so then you don't have faith. But the other words, and you have to look at the context too, it can have to do with unpersuadableness. It's actually also translated disobedience. And what it is, it's not just not believing because you don't know, but you do know and you do see, but you can't be convinced. You can't be persuaded. It's an unwillingness. And that's what the Bible calls evil, evil unbelief. And so uh, they had every reason to believe in the Almighty, but every time they were pressed and every time something wasn't working out, just instantly right, or there was some kind of need or some kind of danger, they'd they'd just go right back into panic and disrespect and unbelief. Now, we're not here to judge them or anybody else. that that does this. Because if we put the spotlight real close on us, (laughs) have we ever gone the wrong way? You know, did we ever lose it, start crying, feeling sorry for ourselves, blaming other people, whatever, when we could have trusted God, stood up, had faith? Have we ever procrastinated and didn't listen Instead of obeying and acting, well, see, that's the same thing. And so we're not here to, to judge other people, dead or living. What are, we, what are we endeavoring to do? We want to see what unbelief looks like. We want to hear what it sounds like. We want to see how it acts and how it reacts and responds. Why? We are getting rid of this stuff in our life. Can you say amen? Amen. We're on a crusade (laughs) to stamp out, rid our life, our mind, our mouth, our heart of any of this evil stuff. Why? Well, it displeases God and there's a lot of reasons why it does. And then also it robs you. It robs you of God's good things, of God's best. I don't want to be robbed. I said, I don't want to be robbed. You don't want to be robbed. By the grace of God, we won't be. But it won't be because we just are lazy and don't care and don't even look and try. It'll be because we do what the Bible tells us to do. Take heed. When the Bible says, take heed, watch, what does that mean? Take it seriously and take it personally. Don't act like it applies to everybody else except you. Don't act like it's no big deal. It is a big deal. It it affects me personally. Could I do the same things they did? Yeah, could you? Yes. And so by the grace of God, uh, He'll help us. We, we won't. In the 13th chapter, keep reading, they had this, this pillar of cloud leading them in the daytime, this pillar of fire at night. And the Lord spoke to them, said, speak to the children, fourteen two, that they turn and encamp over at, at the sea. And, and Pharaoh will say, they're... they're entangled in the land. The wilderness has shut them in. And I'll harden Pharaoh's heart. He will follow after him, I'll be honored upon Pharaoh and upon all his host that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord and they did so. Now, he's, he's already told them what's going to happen. What's going to happen? He says, Pharaoh is going to decide to come get you. And uh, uh, so, so we already know nothing's going to take God uh, by surprise it's not going to catch him off guard. He he knows what's going to happen and he's already planned to get glory out of this thing well that doesn't sound like all of us getting killed that wouldn't that wouldn't be glorifying God so we can expect what more of what we've been seeing in Egypt is that right how how God is demonstrating His power over all of their gods, all of their blasphemy, all of their junk. He did it one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times. Why wouldn't this be number eleven? Right? Everything tells you that's what to believe. That's what to expect. But that's not what happened. That is not what they did. Verse 5, it was told the king of Egypt, the people fled. His heart and the heart of his servants was turned against the people. They said, why have we done this, that we have let Israel go from serving us? Somebody's going to have to go to work now. (laughs) (laughs) And he made ready his chariot and took his people with him. He took six hundred chosen chariots and all the chariots of Egypt and captains over every one of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. He pursued after the children of Israel and the children of Israel went out with a high hand. But the Egyptians pursued after them all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh and his horsemen and his army and overtook them in camping by the sea. So This is a massive group. There's two million or so Israelites with all their livestock. You wouldn't be able to see the the back of them from the front. And here comes Pharaoh, and 600 were like his uh, special ops troops, things. Then there were all the other chariots, and then there were all the horsemen, and then there was the whole rest of the army. I mean, they brought out the whole thing. And you could have seen miles and miles away the dust rising from them coming. You could have heard the clanging of all the metal and the shields and the spears and the the chariots and, and all of that stuff. And the Bible said, when they saw it, verse 10, when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes and behold, the Egyptians marched after them and they were sore afraid. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord, but not in faith. It wasn't that kind of cry. It was a cry just of total fear and panic. And they said to Moses, now hear what unbelief sounds like and see how it reacts. The first thing you see is fear. Fear. They were sore afraid. And then they said to Moses, Because there are no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore have you dealt thus with us, to carry us forth out of Egypt? Why did we lead you out of Egypt? Why? You were a slave? (laughs) This is how unbelief. See, fear makes you stupid. Fear is irrational. Fear is unreasonable. And you can hear their talk, it's not even, it doesn't even make sense. But that's what fear, if you yield to it, it'll, I don't care how brilliant of a mind you think you have, if you yield to fear and panic, it will disorient you to the point where you, you are not thinking right. You are not thinking straight. Why are we talking about this? Could this happen to you? Absolutely. It's happened over and over again. What? Well, maybe it's not you don't see Pharaoh's army heading towards you. But there's something that you see about, that you hear, that's threatening you, and the enemy will come with fear. He will come, and you can feel it. It's tangible, it's palpable, and you'll be tempted to just panic. And that's when you better fight the good fight of faith. That's when you better stand against that fear. And resist that fear and say, fear, get out of here. Fear, I resist you in the name of Jesus. The Bible talks about God didn't give us the spirit of fear. So it's not just, you know, thoughts only. These thoughts are coming from spiritual influence. And so that's something you, you must fight against. You must not just lay down and let this fear sweep over you until you are paralyzed. Fear is the enemy. Come on, can you see this? Fear is this, inseparable from unbelief, these two. And that's what, that's what allows unbelief to take over. Said out loud, I resist fear. I, resist fear. I refuse to fear. God didn't give me fear. Give me fear so, I to have it. so I refused to have it. Hallelujah. But listen how they talk. It's because there were no graves in Egypt that you've taken us away to die in the wilderness. What kind of comment is that? No graves in Egypt. Sarcasm is what that is. Now the world is filled with sarcasm. And you've got to watch it because it's subtle. A lot of comedy is sarcasm. And so what folks don't realize is the enemy is weaving something in while you're laughing. And that is to say something you don't mean and something you don't believe and be disrespectful and talk opposite of what you want. And so did they really want to die? You should have left us in Egypt so we could have died and had graves in Egypt. How do you think the slave burials were there in Egypt? Nice? No. <laughs> they're, they're slaves. They're people's property. They're disposed of. Their bodies probably disposed of like animals. I mean, this is not honest. And this is not, this is not being thankful. Hmm. And they said, verse 12, is not this the word that we told you in Egypt? We said, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. That's what we want, to serve the Egyptians. Well, that's where you were. That's where your parents were and their parents for 400 years. After God did what he did to get them out, and they talked like this. Can you begin to see why this bunch never got to the promised land. Come on class, are you all awake? Can you begin to see? Should you be thankful that God has... What kind of miracles did it take to get them out of Egyptian bondage? Naturally speaking, that was never going to happen. Right? Hadn't happened for 400 years. Yet God said, I've heard your prayers. I've heard you groaning. I've seen you pain. I've come to deliver you. He raised up Moses and Aaron and sent them in. And Pharaoh said, no how? No way. And God said, yes way. (laughs) Watch this. And he said, okay. Then he said, no. And you, you know the story. Ten major times until they had no choice. God got them out. When God does something like that for you, You should be thankful the rest of your life. Is that right? Has God delivered us from death? Has God delivered us from hell? Should we be thankful the rest of our life? Listen, child of God. Never, I don't care what kind of pressure, what kind of bad thing comes. Never do you look up and go, "Well, I just wish I was dead. That's how you get dead in the wilderness and miss the promised land. Never, somebody say never, never, never. Never. What do you say? Thank you, Lord, for delivering me. You got me this far. You can get me the rest of the way. Is that right? Give him something to work with. Don't work against him. Don't pull against him. Work with him. Don't argue with him. Agree with him. He's smarter than you. And our time's up for the day. There's so much more. Come back tomorrow, and we're going to overcome this thing called unbelief. I've got no.